tossing and turning all night like a salad, it's time to put those sleepless nights to bed for good. Enter Tanasi, my sleep saviors, and they have science to back up their sleep, anxiety, and pain-relieving powers. Back in 2016, they invested a $2.5 million grant to Middle Tennessee State University to study the hemp plant. Turns out their special patent-pending CBD-CBDA formula is twice as effective as CBD alone and can be more effective than over-the-counter ibuprofen, acetaminophen, and aspirin. So if you're tired of tossing and turning like a rotisserie chicken, then Tanasi's got your back with their range of great products from tinctures to gummies to lotions. Tanasi is my go-to when I can't sleep or I have way too much anxiety. I'm so glad that I discovered them. So go to Tanasi.com and use the code POWER to get 25% off your order. That's Tanasi.com, T-A-N-A-S-I, to get 25% off your first order with the promo code POWER. Are you tired of your digestive system feeling like a circus act gone wrong? Introducing Ritual's 3-in-1 Gut Superhero Symbiotic Plus, a probiotic, prebiotic, and postbiotic all rolled into one. And with 25% off with the code POWER, there's no better time to check out Ritual. Let's break it down. Probiotics are like the cool kids at the gut party, keeping everything in check and making sure the good vibes are flowing. Prebiotics are their wingmen, fueling the party with all the right snacks to keep the good bacteria thriving. And postbiotics, well, they're like the cleanup crew, sweeping away the mess and leaving your gut feeling fresh and fabulous. So say goodbye to the gut drama and remember, there's no more shame in your gut game. Symbiotic Plus and Ritual are here to celebrate, not hide your insides. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com power. Sober Powered is sponsored by BetterHelp. I was a stress drinker and I thought if only I didn't have so much stress, I wouldn't have to drink this much. But do you know why I had all this stress? Because I didn't have the skills to take stressors off my plate so they built up and wore me down. Some stressors are big and others are small, but carrying around 25 minor annoyances is going to have an impact on you. Plus, did you know that alcohol messes with our stress response system and decreases our ability to handle stress? It makes small things seem like a much bigger deal. Learning how to manage stress and take things off my plate has changed my life. I'm calm, I'm less reactive, and I believe that I can handle whatever comes my way. I feel proud of the way that I handle things now. You can get there too. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com sober to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash sober. Welcome back to the Silver Powered Podcast. I'm Jill, and today I'm going to talk about a new study that found that alcohol-related deaths had increased by 25% in 2020. I'll explain the findings, how much alcohol-related deaths usually increase in a year, and how alcohol was involved in these deaths. You'll learn about how the general population changed their drinking habits during quarantine and what you can do if you're struggling with drinking to cope with pandemic stress. So let's dig in. A 
new study in the Journal of the American Medical Association found that alcohol-related deaths increased by 25% between 2019 and 2020, and the pandemic was only around for about nine months of 2020. Data on 2021 hasn't been calculated yet, but researchers estimate it will be higher too since it was the first full year with the pandemic. So a death is considered to be alcohol-related when alcohol is either the main cause or one of 20 contributing factors. The top alcohol-related causes in this study were from liver disease, mental and behavioral disorders, drug poisoning involving alcohol, and traffic deaths. In 2020, miles traveled by a car decreased by 11% because many of us weren't going to work, but fatal crashes involving alcohol increased by 14%. All-cause mortality increased by 16.6% in the year 2020, so alcohol-related deaths beat all-cause deaths by a lot. Even though bars and restaurants were closed for a lot of 2020, alcohol sales increased by about 3% that year, which was the largest increase since 1968. Restaurants and bars make up about half of yearly alcohol sales too, so with bars being closed, we still drank more than in 2019. In 2019, almost 79,000 people died from alcohol-related causes in the U.S., and in 2020, this number rose above 99,000. Normally, we see an average annual increase of about 3.6% looking at data from the last two decades, and in 2018 to 2019, there was a 5% increase. Researchers believe that this huge 25% jump is from an increase in drinking to cope, more binge drinking, more emergency room visits for alcohol withdrawal, delays in getting people treatment, and relapse due to decreased support and increased stress. In 2020, the number of people who died from alcohol-related causes slightly outnumbered those who died from COVID for all age groups. Alcohol-related deaths increase for every race and for both men and women. Americans in the 25 to 44 age group had the greatest increase, and alcohol-related deaths rose for this age group by almost 40%. Drug overdose deaths increased by almost 30% compared to 2019. I think it's important to reflect on the increase of almost 40% of alcohol-related deaths for people 25 to 44 years old. We think that we're too young for anything bad to happen to us, but people that are very young are dying of cirrhosis or dying in drunk driving accidents or having issues with their heart. Alcohol-related death isn't just for old people who have been drinking heavily for like 50 years. It can get young people too, which we'll talk about more later. So we've been analyzing studies lately on this podcast in both episodes 85 and 90 if you missed it. So this study used U.S. mortality data from the National Center for Health Statistics to compare the number and rates of alcohol-related and all-cause deaths for people 16 and up in 2019 and 2020. 
When a person dies, their death certificate lists an underlying cause and then up to 20 contributing causes of death. So this study classified a death as alcohol-related if it was the underlying or contributing cause. The limits of the study include inaccurate death certificates where alcohol involvement was underreported or where maybe it was unclear. Alcohol was considered essential in most countries, and this freaked out the sober community for a bit. Most governments made sure that we all had easy access to alcohol, even though it's estimated to cause about 3 million deaths a year globally. However, one of the causes of alcohol-related deaths in the first nine months of the pandemic was withdrawal and delay in treatment. Even though making alcohol essential led to increased drinking, it prevented an increase in emergency room visits from the physically dependent people withdrawing. I did read a paper, though, in my research for this episode that said that this reason is negligible and the amount of people who would be in the situation is not enough to justify making alcohol essential and giving us all such easy access to it. The pandemic didn't just cause everyone to stay at home. It also prevented us from having access to our normal coping strategies, like socializing with people, going to meetings, running errands or going shopping, going to the gym or going to church. And it increased the risk of domestic violence, child abuse and depression. Alcohol increases the risk that interpersonal conflicts will escalate to violence, and it significantly increases the risk of struggling with depression and attempting suicide, which is something that I explain more in depth in episode 63. A 2021 study published in the International Journal of Mental Health and Addiction looked at changes in alcohol use during 2020. This study looked at an online survey of drinking changes in almost 3,000 people. And this is self-reported drinking, so that's something to keep in mind too. We usually underestimate how much we drink or try to minimize it. This study found that 49% of participants did not change their drinking during lockdown, 24.5% decreased the amount they drank, and 26.4% increased the amount that they drank. What's interesting is the people who decreased their drinking. Those are the true social drinkers or take-it-or-leave-it drinkers, whatever you want to call them. I was interviewed on the Live Your Personal Best podcast recently, and the host was telling me that she stopped drinking during quarantine because she stopped going out and socializing. I was really impressed and happy for her that she did that and doesn't know the struggle of drinking to cope and then having your problems become a lot worse because you're drinking to cope. And the other part of this 25% who decreased the amount they drank are people who got sober in the pandemic, which is a good amount of people. Of these drinkers, 69.4% drank with their partner, 54.7% drank with their friends virtually, and 25.8% drank alone. Next, they just looked at the people who increased their drinking during quarantine and found that just about 91% drank to relax, 48% drank because they had more time, 32% drank because they were bored, about 30% drank to cope with stress about the pandemic, and 14% drank to cope with stress from their partner. 
This is a Belgian study, and normally about 10% of Belgians drink every day. But this number went up to almost 21% during the first year of the pandemic. Also, parents were more likely to increase their drinking compared to people who were not parents. The people who increased their drinking also had higher levels of education and higher socioeconomic status. The World Health Organization estimates that alcohol kills about 3 million people globally per year and is responsible for about 5.3% of deaths. In the U.S., alcohol-related deaths increased by 35% between 2007 and 2017, and another 25% jump just from 2019 to 2020. So the major ways that alcohol kills someone is by alcohol poisoning, cancer, car accidents, heart failure, liver disease, and violence. We discussed alcohol poisoning in episode 65, where we talked about what happens to the body when we binge drink. Alcohol overdose poisoning occurs when there is so much alcohol in your bloodstream that the areas of the brain controlling basic functions like breathing, heart rate, and temperature control begin shutting down. Symptoms include things like vomiting, slow heart rate, clammy skin, confusion, irregular or slow breathing, slow heart rate, bluish skin, very low body temperature, and dulled responses. When your blood alcohol concentration gets very high, it can interfere with signals in the brain that control automatic responses like our gag reflex. And without a gag reflex, a person is in danger of choking on their own vomit and dying from lack of oxygen. We've also learned on this podcast how alcohol causes cancer. I did a deep dive into exactly how alcohol does this in episode 58. But alcohol and the breakdown product of alcohol, called acetaldehyde, are both known carcinogens and are linked to oral, pharynx, larynx, esophagus, colorectal, liver, and female breast cancers. Acetaldehyde is 10 times more toxic than alcohol, and this compound causes DNA damage and it disrupts the body's ability to repair the damage, so it increases the risk of developing cancer in two different ways. The way that alcohol causes traffic-related deaths is self-explanatory, but it also increases the risk of domestic violence and sexual assault. In Australia, there was a 40% reduction in crime due to lockdown, but a 5% increase in domestic violence cases, and not all cases are reported too, so we don't know the true increase. Insights from Google show a 75% increase in online searches for domestic violence victim support. In China, there was a threefold increase of violence against women, and in the UK, twice as many women were murdered by their partners in the first month of lockdown in 2020 compared to the average annual rates for the past decade. Studies on domestic violence victims have found that about 75% have PTSD from the experience, and many will struggle with substances, anxiety, depression, and suicide. 
There are many different online resources where you can get help through a chat or a phone call. There's a domestic violence charity in the UK called Respect. And in the first three weeks of the pandemic, it saw a 97% increase in calls, a 185% increase in emails, and a 581% increase in website visits. I've also seen a lot of posts on domestic violence in sober Facebook groups, and this is a good tool because if you're not sure how to get help, someone in the group can direct you to the right service for your country. And sober groups are very safe spaces. In episode 17, I described how alcohol affects the heart, so make sure to go back and listen to that if you're curious on the specifics. So heavy drinking raises our blood pressure by constricting blood vessels and making the heart work harder to pump blood throughout the body. It damages the heart muscle, which also makes it harder for the heart to pump blood through the body and increases our blood pressure too. The more alcohol that someone drinks, the faster their heart beats. And this is why we often wake up at 3 a.m. with our heart racing after binge drinking. All of these effects cause damage to the heart, leading to heart attack or heart failure, which was one of the main contributing factors in the alcohol-related deaths that were reported from 2020. Alcoholic cardiomyopathy is a condition where heavy drinking has actually caused the shape of the heart to change because it's enlarged and weak from all the alcohol. We talked about how alcohol damages the liver and causes cirrhosis back in episode 52. Every time you drink alcohol, some of your liver cells die. The liver is incredibly resilient though and is able to regenerate damaged cells and heal. Studies in rats have shown that when 75% of the liver is removed, it's able to regenerate in only a week or two. Liver cells are able to become activated upon stress and damage, and then they divide to repair that damage, but they can only do this a limited amount of times before they are depleted. And the resiliency of your liver depends on your genetics. Some people are more susceptible to alcohol-related liver damage than others. If someone continues to drink heavily with fatty liver, it progresses into cirrhosis, which is permanent. So in cirrhosis, the buildup of scar tissue hardens the liver and prevents it from functioning normally. I explained how someone might pass away from cirrhosis in episode 52, and I don't want to go into those details here because I don't want to scare anyone, but go listen to that episode if you want to learn more about the condition. With cirrhosis specifically, we tell ourselves that we are too young to have a health problem from our drinking. But if you listen to that episode, I dedicated it to a member of the Sober Powered Facebook group who had passed away from cirrhosis and she was only in her 30s. So it gets people that are younger and younger, and it especially affects women because women don't process alcohol as well as men do. So it hangs around in our bodies and is more likely to do damage. So if you are having any pain in your side, take that as a sign to go visit your doctor. So most people who increase their drinking 
during the pandemic were doing it to either relax or because they were bored. And if you struggle with either of those problems, then please know alcohol doesn't help with those things. Alcohol slows down your brain so you care less and so stupid stuff seems really fun. But you're not actually having fun, you're just manufacturing it with a substance. Similarly, alcohol feels like it helps you relax, and that's because it slows down your brain and makes you care less about whatever's stressing you out. So like I've explained in my episodes about anxiety, episodes 22 and 64, there's a rebound effect and you end up with more anxiety than you started with. If your drinking has increased in the past two years or you're struggling with staying stopped completely, then reach out for help. It is okay to need help. If it was easy to quit drinking, then this podcast wouldn't exist because I would just not drink and go move on with my life. I wouldn't spend a bazillion hours a week making this podcast and doing all this research and all the other sober stuff that I do. So some great ways that you can get some help are linked in the show notes and they are meetings. So that would be AA, Smart Recovery, The Luckiest Club, Tempest, and East Coast Sober Squad. Working with a therapist who specializes in helping people with their drinking is my number one recommendation. And I've linked a search tool in the show notes that you can use if you're in the US. You can filter by your insurance, location, and then under issue, you just click alcohol. But just remember that you are not alone and it's really okay to need help. You're not going to look back and regret that you got some extra support for your drinking. But you may look back and regret that you didn't ask for help sooner. So I believe in you. I hope this episode was interesting and I will talk to you next week. Addiction impacts all of us. Addiction's consequences run through all of us. From ourselves to our loved ones and through our communities, addiction creates so much loss and grief. My name is Dwayne Osterlin, and I'm the host of the Addicted Mind podcast, a show featuring personal stories, expert guests, and vital information about addiction and addiction recovery. We'll talk with leading treatment providers to discuss the latest research and treatment options for this devastating disease and advocate for mental health awareness. We discuss topics like the importance of creating a community of support to helping loved ones to some of the latest research on psychedelic medicines. The Addicted Mind podcast has been about creating hope, listening to stories of many amazing people that have overcome addiction and are thriving. If you or a loved one is struggling with addiction, subscribe to the Addicted Mind podcast wherever you get your podcasts or check out theaddictedmind.com. New episodes every Monday. See you there.